0: So welcome back to The Rum Shop. It's been a while since I've been here. It uh, feels really good to be doing this again. I've been doing some workout material and some cigar reviews lately, um, but this is going to be a bit of a turn from that. This is going to be talking about the open jam sessions in Toronto, and who better to discuss that than guitarist Anthony Epitangeli. Uh, he's actually run probably the longest um, jam session in Toronto, I think in Toronto's history. It was 14 years, is it that correct?
1: 14 years at the Sotos. yeah.
0: That is impressive. Um, so I'm just going to get his take on the scene, um, how he set that up, um, how he was able to keep it going so long, how he stayed motivated to keep it going for so long. Um, so Anthony, thanks for stopping by. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I'm blushing. (laughs) so, so nice of you to
1: say, um, yeah, thanks. Well, that's where we met, right? We met at the Sotos when, uh, you came, you came to one of the open mics and, uh, i mean you came you came back came out uh, guns uh, blazing <laughs> 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 it was all good so uh, you know yeah i um well i know you wanted me to talk about DeSotos in particular but de soto's was not necessarily the first place uh where i held an open jam i i had uh, done this in a couple of other spots but DeSotos was the most successful and the and the longest running um, and we talked about this the other day, Joel, but I, I thought part of um, the one of the problems that sometimes jazz jams run into is they only accept serious jazz players and they only accept, uh, you know, even... They only accept their own friends, even, mm. and instead of being open to more players and more ability levels, they kind of paint themselves into a corner because there's only so many people that are. There's only so many jazz musicians, and there's only so many that are going to come to your particular jam. Right. So that's part of the problem, and I always, uh, I always, um, I always called mine an, an open mic slash jazz jam so that if there were singer songwriters or some people who want to do blues or rock and roll or or whatever that they would be that they would be welcomed as well
0: mm, that makes sense yeah i think my first memory from going there uh the place looked completely different than what it looks like now mm-hmm. uh they had like the uh, grand piano or like the old piano set up mm-hmm. uh, they had drums and it was completely packed like you walked in and you can just see steam leaving the room (laughs) from how much energy there was in that place and i think i was probably around like 18 or 19 at that time and i just came in i had my horn with me um i remember introducing myself to you and then i went on stage and i started blaring every single (laughs) trick in the book that i had for my saxophone at the time and then realizing that people just kind of almost didn't gravitate towards that. They almost wanted to just go back to like the easy listening that was happening. Um, But it's funny because I hadn't really realized up until that point that the role that community plays within that setting, Um, I didn't know anybody there. Um, I didn't really take the time to like introduce myself to anyone else. I just went up there thinking that I was going to slay the audience and get everybody to come out to my shows from thereafter didn't quite happen that way um but <laughs> i guess is that kind of the first thing that you I, run into when you're running sessions is it like overeager people who kind of have the egos and are trying to take over a room right away how did you deal with that uh, aspect of running a session yeah that happens um but uh, so you beside, might just need to talk into the all right sorry
1: bit. uh yeah that that does happen you um yeah, there are players like yourself. I remember you had just graduated, maybe just graduated college or were in the verge, right about to graduate. Anyways, it's somewhere around there. And um, I knew you wanted to uh, play every trick in the book. <laughs> I <laughs> kind of sensed that right off the bat. But I think a part of it is um, I need, as the host, I need to kind of take a moment and introduce myself to all of the musicians who come through, whether mm. they're, uh, whether they're experienced or not and kind of let them know, uh, uh, always let them know that they did a great job, but also say, you know, maybe you want to keep in mind the fact that this is a, a restaurant and, and people are dining. And, um, why, why don't you think of a, you know, whatever, a medium tune or a ballad that we could play and, and right. l- let's try that again. I mean, you never want, you never want anyone to walk out the door feeling like, defeat like they're defeated and they don't want to come back. You want everyone to walk away thinking uh that was great. I should come back next week. I should maybe I'll come back with different tunes or a different approach
0: and uh, and we'll do it that way. That makes sense. That makes complete sense. Um so what was it like your first like couple weeks hosting the jam session? Was it like kind of hot right off the bat? Did you have a lot of people showing up, or was it something that you had to slowly build into? How did it work, especially in the St. Clair area? That area is, is kind of changed. like it, it takes on so many different forms throughout years of its existence. Yeah, it does.
1: It, St. Clair is um, it, it. It is an interesting community because it does change from time to time. And the first, uh, few, because I had already been hosting jam sessions at a couple of other places. Um, a lot of people who were following who were already coming to my previous jam session started coming to Desoto. so it's not like I came in you know with with no supporters Mm. and if I remember correctly I used to uh, I'd make sure that there were at least two or three musicians there with me we would kind of run it like a partial rehearsal you know let's go and try our new tunes there and then maybe some people will show up to jam <laughs> if not we'll just rehearse the whole night um but i one thing that a lot of musicians uh, under um what's the right word or they don't emphasize enough is advertising like right. before we started i want to say i devoted four or six weeks to advertising wow that jam, you know jazz jam or open mic is going to start on this particular day at DeSoto's, and then, uh, you know, Tony let me put up some posters there, and uh, I was already doing Sunday brunches there,
0: Mm.
1: so I was mentioning it, Sunday brunches, so uh, people, the word was out, Yeah, and that's one thing that a lot of times musicians don't do, they think, I'm going to show up. And the world is going to be, you know, lining up to to hear me, (laughs) and that's not how it works. And and it really, you really need to put some time and effort into into promoting Mm -hmm. your your jam, and uh, and that that'll get people out. And we talked about this too the other day. If the jam is busy, when people walk by and they see that there's a crowd of people and everyone's enjoying it, and there's music and they're going to walk in
0: right definitely and, and
1: even if they're not a musician but they, their brother is their you know their friend is a cousin
0: or whatever and and they'll come out next time it's funny the one thing that i think was special about DeSoto's when I, even when i after we had the conversation mm-hmm. on sunday after we played our gig together um and i was walking home it it just kind of hit me and i remember so many uh, I guess, tourists or international people, people who are traveling from wherever would come on completely by accident and they would just have this lasting memory of De Soto's as being like the landmark part of their trip. You would see people from Italy, people from Asia, people oh, from yeah. all over the place who would just show up. Uh just because of the vibe, just from looking inside, DeSotos has like that double uh screen or double windows. Right, right. Where you can just see how packed it is. And compared to the rest of the neighborhood, like it was it was unreal. I mean, you have like Fox and the Fiddle right across the street where people were just saying, you know what, I don't wanna go there. I wanna go to DeSotos, I wanna check out what they're doing. And it was really part down to the community that that you helped build And I think part of that comes from the lack of egos that were in the room. I think a lot of people over time ended up just checking their egos at the door and they said, you know what, we want to commit to the space that we're in instead of trying to one-up a musician or instead of trying to show that I can, I have the most tricks in my bag or showing that I'm, quote-unquote, the most experienced Mm -hmm. musician. Mm -hmm. It became, especially for me, after realizing within the first couple weeks of going, uh, the sincerity of, of musicianship that was there, of seeing people just say, you know what, I might not be the best musician in the world, but I want to go there and have a great time. And like the people watching really felt that. It was a really interesting thing to kind of witness and experience. Um, and I was going to ask you, how, like, how do you kind of keep that energy going? So I know like jam sessions, they can kind of run after like an hour and a half, two hours, especially like jazz jam sessions it can kind of sound like all the same thing it sounds like people just trying to constantly uh show what they know show off what they can play show off for themselves just that little circle of people who are up there and it becomes an experiment where the crowd is watching them and i'm sure after well me myself included after a couple drinks i'm out of there Uh, i'm done with the experiment um but the people at DeSotos, the engagement was so high it was so like you can see people who almost wanted to go up and try it because I think people made it looks like it was so much fun mm-hmm. that you did get people who came up and said, I, I want to try a song. And Oh my God, some of those songs, some, were. sometimes it was a
1: disaster and, and that's okay. But I think that you're the host. Like, mm. I mean, this is part of, this is part of what uh, sometimes we forget. You're the host. Mm. So and i didn't i didn't treat it like these people were showing up at my gig i treated it like they were coming to my house and and right. you don't want anyone to leave your house feeling terrible you right? want everyone yeah. to leave your house feeling like that was that was great and so um you know i when i wasn't playing and i didn't feel like i needed to be playing all night i think that's another part also of true it. yeah you 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 played like the opening and i played a little bit at the beginning the and then i'll go around and and find out who's there just to listen, who's there to, uh, to play, and then make sure I got all the players to come up. And even if somebody said, you know, I I know how to sing two jazz songs, we got a lot of that, right? I I know how to sing two jazz songs. Sunny Side of the Street, what a wonderful world. (laughs) What a wonderful world. Two songs that I still don't know, by the way. I still got to get those under my bag. Summertime, how many? And summertime.
0: (laughs) So. um, Let's not forget the ways that you play them. There is a funk groove, there is a Latin groove, there is a swing groove. That was more for me.
1: (laughs) Um, But, you know, make sure they get up there. And they have a good experience. And when they're up there, make sure that there's going to be other musicians that are going to be able to support them, so they Mm. feel like a star. When they, you know, you're not you're not going to put the rock and roll guys up there to support (laughs) uh, a jazz singer. Like, you know, you 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 want to. I think that's I think that's one of the main differences Mm. is you want you want everyone to kind of come in and feel welcomed and feel like they're going to get their moment on the stage. But even when they walk away, feel like, you know, you should co- I'll, I would even make a point of, uh, of trying to catch people as they were on their way out the door saying, right. hey, you know what? That was that was fantastic. You can come back anytime." Mm-hmm. There were a few people who I didn't say that to, but for the most part, I said that to, to most- be some people doubling <laughs> on instruments. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, you know what? That was fantastic. Come on back. Uh, you know, bring your friends.
0: Yeah, and they definitely came back. I think Not that part was, it. and we kind of talked about like the direction of the economy, um, you know, kind of like, it's very hard to part with your dollar. And if you're mm-hmm. going to part with your dollar, it has to be an experience. It has to be, you have to feel like you weren't giving away your money, but instead you were a part of something and your money right. is contributing to something. Right. And no place exemplified that more than DeSoto's. I mean... At a jam session, very rarely do you have any communication with the crowd. It's all, you're always trying to network with other musicians. You're always trying to see, you know, who, who can I play with for this gig? Who can I call for in case I need a sub? Um, at DeSoto's, it was like after I was on playing, I felt like a superstar. People were just buying me drinks all night. Mm-hmm. People were literally just tipping me for no reason. And it's because of that feeling of, as you mentioned, coming to your house. You know, you wanted that. And I didn't realize that I was contributing to something that great because it was, it just felt like, it almost felt like a gig, like mm-hmm. for me, myself personally. I can remember Thursday nights were coming up and like that was like the high point of my week. I knew the weekend was around the corner when Thursday nights would hit. I called in sick to work so many days on Fridays. The next day, I had to find subs because of just what a time uh, I had at the Soto. So I was going to ask you. Um, you also mentioned about you know acknowledging everybody, talking to everybody. Is that something that you had naturally, or is that something that you oh, had to no. work on and build upon? Oh
1: no, I, I I learned that the hard way, right? When you're <laughs> when you're doing gigs and. Um, uh, not succeeding you got to figure out w- what is the missing element and mm. you know like i said i i had done jams at other places and they were uh, they never quite uh had the same sort of feel that uh that the soto's did and i and i think that um I, I had to learn you know what you've got to go out and you you've got to go out and talk to everyone who's in the audience like even right. if it's just an audience member like hey how are you doing like good to see you here say something say mm-hmm. something to them so that they feel like they want to come back um the following week and then for the musicians like i said you got to let everyone feel like they did a good job and that they should come back you know, or whatever you put, you put everybody in a, I think that's just the teacher in me. I think the Mm. teacher in me wants you to succeed. And and if you didn't succeed, I'm going to give you another try. And, Mm. uh, and, you know, next week will be better than this week. And I think that's a part of it. And you touched on the international things. That was, that was a bit of a fluke, because um, what happened was uh, a couple of international you know tourists or whatever came came through desotos and then they wrote reviews mm. which i un, i didn't know anything about this until much much later uh, and so DeSotos kind of became a hotspot on some of those sort of review uh, websites and things like that. Like if you're gonna be in Toronto, you gotta go to DeSotos on Thursday night.
2: Yeah. And
1: I in late it wasn't until much later until I noticed we were getting a lot of a lot of travelers coming through there that I found out that, you know, and that was not that was not something I planted. That was mm-hmm. something that um, that happened sort of organically. Um and a couple of musicians who uh, came through Toronto uh, from from the U.S. And then when they uh, when they were in Toronto, they they got up and they jammed. And then you know they always made a point of coming back right. through Toronto. And then so you know at one point, I remember uh, DeSoto's was I want to say the number four jam in North America. It was rated the number four jam in all of North America. And I thought that's. <laughs> that's crazy I'm, wow. I'm just running a little jam at a little corner spot you know in the neighborhood but uh that these things you know if you work hard at it they do grow organically and mm-hmm. and they do go the way they're supposed to go but you do have to put the work in
0: definitely and also part of the work uh for musicians who are out there i guess we'll get into a bit of this stuff um is the prep work the preparation learning the materials uh when i play with you for any kind of setting i know you've got your set list that you have ready for you uh how stressful was that in the beginning when you had to realize that you weren't just doing jazz tunes anymore that you had to learn everything under the sun from rock tunes to pop tunes to top 40s stuff uh latin music Mm -hmm. uh you know i guess we can talk about like the good aspects of the jam sessions with the community and everything but there is a, a point where it's it's hard work. It's a lot of work if you're going to run that broad spectrum of an open mic music night. Uh, how did you kind of face that task? That's a
1: good question because that does happen when someone will call up a, a song that I don't know. And yeah, there's a there's apps where you can find what the chord changes are, but you still don't. You're not really familiar with the song, so. I would let I would give it give it the old college try I would do my best and and try and make it work but what I would often say to them is hey I never heard this song before why don't you come back in a couple weeks let me listen to it and I'll learn it you know, here's my email. Always, mm-hmm. always have business cards with you. I know, sure. I know that the I know that the younger generation doesn't <laughs> doesn't go for business no, it's cards. No, Instagram handle. Yeah, but you know what? You still need a bit. You still need something concrete that you can hand to somebody and say, "Here, contact me. Tell me mm-hmm. when you're coming again, and I'll make sure I know that song." And and I had to make sure I knew the song. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, and and sometimes I would get, you know, I would leave my house around. Six uh, six thirty or so, uh, and I'd be getting emails at you know at five o'clock saying, "Hey, can you learn this song for tonight? I'm yeah. coming with my girlfriend, <laughs> and you have to drop everything and learn that song." Um, So yeah, it is a, it is a lot of hard work, and sometimes you're learning stuff that you know may not appeal to you, but it's not it's not for you. Mm. It, 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 this is the ego part that we were talking about. Like sometimes. You have to stand back and let someone else. This is someone else's moment to shine. And, mm-hmm. and your role is a supporting role. And so support them and let them shine. And in the long run, it's going gonna, it's gonna to pay its dividends because they'll come back, they'll bring their friends, and maybe their friends come up, and then right. and the thing grows organically that way. Or, you know, the alternative is you shut them down, and,
0: and that's <laughs> the end of the growth. Right, right, definitely. I mean, you're, you probably, I can only think of a handful of people who I think legitimately will probably know over a hundred songs from oh. the Great American Song. Oh, gosh, I mean, <laughs> at is, least. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm I, Like, Pat LaBarbera would be another guy who I think off the Ooh, bat would probably <laughs> know, know that many tunes. Um, Kirk McDonald of course, and like, Robbie Botos and those guys, but on that level of, somebody just coming in and saying, I want to play this tune, and then you being able to say, okay, sure. Like, it, that taught me an awful lot um, because I think I get stuck in my ways of, these are the songs that I, like, i maybe 20, mm-hmm. uh, that I know that I'm comfortable with, that I don't want to learn anything else from. It. I don't want to deviate from these songs. It's in my, my bag. And then you go to a gig and somebody calls a song, and I'm the guy who has to go, ah, I don't know, maybe. Um, <laughs> so that so was one thing that I learned from, from So the Soto.
1: I was never, um, I mean, well, here we go. Let, let's just turn the tables. because. So I, I do remember when you came in, uh, and you were playing, and I, I, I remember saying something like, uh, "Your are playing Reminds Me of Sonny Rollins, or, right. or something like that, and, and you said, oh yeah, I listen to a lot of Sonny Rollins, and I asked you for, give me three or four Sonny Rollins tunes that I should learn that we could play together. Yeah, so, that's right. So now, uh, I, you know, by turning the tables, like you're teaching me, you're, you're, you're sending me in a direction And yeah, I do have to do the work and I have to learn those songs. But the next time you come and you play your your favorite tunes, and I... So that just worked for both Mm. of us. I got to learn some new tunes. You got to play the songs you want. You look like a star. I look like I'm the most accommodating host. (laughs) Like, everybody wins. It's true, it's true. uh, That's... Whereas, uh, you know, without mentioning any names, I know that there are some hosts who say no i don't do that kind of music i don't do that kind of music mm-hmm. i won't do that and you're just closing doors yeah it really tells in your audience for sure you're closing doors to to those musicians and to every connection that that musician could possibly have mm, right You've just huh.
0: shut that door it's true how what's your opinion on that kind of scene where people are very strict in what you're playing you know like I mean, because, like, for example, in, in London, because it's such a big space, like, in the U.K., mm-hmm. you can have pockets of certain things that you want to do. You know, if you want to do the Top 40 stuff, you can go to Croydon. Uh, if you want to do, like, hip-cool hip-hop stuff, you can go to Brixton. Okay. Um, Toronto doesn't really have that. Like, we have kind of, like this is this place where I'm going to control the space and this is all we're playing. There's not really like a spot where you can go from place to place to place and have experienced different cultural aspects of music. Everything's kind of in one centralized location. And a lot of people just refuse to want to host a session that's kind of open to that interpretation. Um, right. How do you do? coming I from, I from a guy well who to take on responsibility of learning so much I material? Think I
1: think that when you're, y- you know uh there are i i i'm not trying to knock you know the serious jazz jams because there's a place for them it's just not this is just not the place right? right That i mean if you know if somebody came in from out of town and they wanted a serious jam uh jazz jam well there's places for that and that's fine but i felt like because DeSoto's. I mean, it's not a, it's not a nightclub. It's not a music club. It's a restaurant. On a Thursday night, it day, would definitely felt like it felt was, like a it was nightclub. nightclub.
2: I remember they had to move
1: tables. Yeah, that's right. People. To get people in and <laughs> make space for dancing and all that stuff. But I think that. Um, you it is more of a it is a restaurant and you do need to keep that in mind and not everybody is a jazz fan and sometimes they just want to hear a nice song and you know we've had rock and roll guys in there and singer songwriters and all kinds of stuff and you have to just take it like and that because like i said every person that comes in the door you can't just look at that person as one person you have to think that this person is connected to you know friends and family that that could be customers next week or next month. And, and that's, that's, I don't, I don't ever want to close the door to that. Right. And I think that it's also connected to, you know, sort of my overall philosophy. Uh, You you and I have played dozens of jazz gigs together. A lot of them are corporate events and weddings and, and things like that um they're not always club dates right and when you're gonna do a corporate event or or a wedding you do need to be a little bit more open you can't be so stuck in your ways to say i'm going in we're playing sonny rollins all night (laughs) long like you you have to say you know we're gonna play sort of more familiar melodies we're gonna play just friends and girl from ipanema and and stuff like that and the jazz snobs are gonna look down their nose and say, "Oh, I would never do that." Well, then don't do it. Like, what can I tell you? I'm, but I'm gonna do, well, <laughs> do it. I'm, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, if they wanna hear "Fly Me to the Moon" seven times, we're gonna play it seven times. Like, I can I, you've got to put your ego aside for,
0: for that. It's funny. It's funny. I remember uh, this gig that you played. Now that you mentioned playing uh, like corporate stuff. Um there was a club gig that we played actually on the S-road, uh a little while back, and it was, um, I think it was for, like, either Beneficial or something, but they wanted jazz heads, and I said, I got this guy who's not just, just uh, to me, you you have a the best guitar sound. Oh, thanks. <laughs> that I've ever heard, I've always oh, mentioned that. I mean, yeah. you go, I'm going to get people, I'm going to let them on big so you know, <laughs> if you choose to let them know what your setup is, because yeah. I just think it's it's gorgeous. Um and we played a play gig and it was me, you and a drummer. And like it was not what I was talking to you. you were playing you were reaching yeah. into your bag and playing what you knew and you were really letting it out and I was just, I was just observing, observing a solo time and I was just like, Who is this guy? just <laughs> and it was so <laughs> funny to me how you, you all these hacks and reservations could be able to play like that and then also to, go to like this it was almost like was almost two different, different people. people. Um
1: I think there are two, are at least two aspects of your personality, right? And I think that you have to be able to read a room and say this is the time to let this uh, cat out of the bag, and this is the time to keep the, ba- the cat in the <laughs> bag, right? And 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 you have to be able to read it. Like when, like I said, when we're doing those corporate events, they just want some pleasant music in the background. When they say they want a jazz band, they don't really want you coming in. You know blaring and playing odd odd meters and and all that kind of stuff they that's not what they want <laughs> they want they want something similar to what they would hear on their spotify list and so that's what they want and the other thing i was going to ask is did the two of
0: those things ever blend over so for example people at the wedding gigs did you ever see them come to the tour or you know the times where you did play, maybe Mm-hmm. Stuff, stuff. Did you ever yes. that's,
1: that's you know? a great question well uh, the first part i'm gonna say that i can tell you many many times people come into DeSotos or or a restaurant wherever i'm performing and uh, they'll say hey my daughter's getting married next june can you guys do the cocktail hour and th- that's mm-hmm. happened to us right yeah, when yeah. We we're were there and I said yeah me and Joel will be there like that's we'll do it that way um, that happens all the time and even from those um, uh, from those open mics you know sometimes people would drop in and they say hey you know what we're having a we're having a backyard party in three weeks yeah. can I get you and that guy and that guy <laughs> to come to my party and you know the answer is usually yes so it definitely works in that direction um, the other direction, not so much. Like, is not usually when you're doing the the sort of more advanced uh, jazz stuff. Um, or that's usually that's usually it has its own spot. It's. It, it unfortunately as musicians we paint ourselves into a corner with this stuff we we think about okay well if i can play this fast maybe i can play this fast maybe i can add this to maybe i can do giant steps maybe i can do it in three maybe i can do it in seven you know and, and we and but every time you take one of those steps it's really an academic step and it's really just a personal challenge Right. or maybe it's you know kind of the guys I, I say guys, because it's mostly guys, uh, and maybe it's our sort of group, and we're pushing each other, but the rest of the world is not in on this ride <laughs> right they're not in on yeah, they become the and 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 that and you've put just put up a wall between us and them now they don't want you at their party yeah, that's right, that's right. Now they don't want you at their daughter's wedding like what the heck are these guys doing <laughs> like they you know they just want they want to hear what they perceive as jazz which um you know one of my uh professors used to call jazz light you know ella fitzgerald and frank sinatra and all that kind of stuff i love it yeah. and and you know a lot of people love it but, uh, you know, sometimes serious serious jazz players will go, oh, that's, no, that's not, that's not jazz. <laughs> it kind of is. <laughs> it kind of is. <laughs> well, I'm glad you said money talks because this is, again, we got to remember, this is a business. Like Tony Morante from DeSoto's, he said, yeah, well, you can do your open mic here, your jazz jam. You can do it here. But this is a restaurant. Like, you know, I do need to I do need to I do need to make income here.
0: Right, right. A part of the part uh, uh, is confessed uh, to around trust. Any like any any company any the works for there has to be less than established why, you know, what do you do, most be uh, patient, um, whatever whatever six months, Right. Uh, um, how did you, um, how did you, um, you take that? Like, you um. really went to these the time oh. idea
2: i
1: didn't because and um, okay well that that opens up a another can of worms because when i first went to tony uh for sunday brunch i was playing sunday brunches at another place not too far from there and they did they were so busy uh this other place and um they finally they got rid of the musicians because they said we needed the table space like it was so busy at sunday brunch and so that's when and around the time they stopped hiring musicians was the time that tony was opening up his restaurant and i said you know i got a great idea for you (laughs) and it's sunday brunch and he didn't like the idea because he wanted to be just a nighttime like a dinner place he didn't want to be open during the day this was going to mess up his whole schedule he had to make a whole new menu, and I said I explained to him how the place down the street is is so packed that, that they're you know they've canceled the musicians, and I said tell you what I'll I will do this for three months for free. <laughs> that was a big risk on my part, uh, but I mean you know I had a day job so it, I you know I could have ma- I made it work, but for three months don't pay me a dime let's ha- and let's see how this goes three months from now and by the three months i'll tell you that that three months i was working hard <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was calling everybody i know you gotta come for brunch you gotta come for brunch and then by the end of the three months the place was packed so now that sunday brunches were running and i was running my jams at these other locations uh but when things were falling apart at the other locations i said i uh, I went to Tony and I said, you know, what do you think if I do the jam here? So I would already been working with him for about two years. So I think the, the trust was already there. And then I also said, hey, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I'm going to I'll move my jam somewhere else and, and we'll still have Sunday brunches together. But um, anyways, it worked it worked <laughs> so that's <laughs> all that's good that's pretty cool yeah
0: that's, pretty, that's, pretty that's, that's uh, interesting. very interesting because around, around the time when there was like a like huge boom I uh, tried I tried to I tried get up on and up and stop it and not was talking about been a blocks down, down, down from, from, from where you were right and I remember, and I remember mine was on Friday, Friday. okay uh, oh yes I remember, I remember, you remember this yes I there anything place that you can you know, give uh, like he gave me. Um. Um, I remember you told me to be over to whoever present. comes in. Uh, uh, you, know, you know, that's that's, that's the best that's that I can do. I have my jazz, 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 jazz band bond. design on really heavy guy. I learned, I learned a lot in playing wise with these guys. They were just, they were just much better than I was. But just, just <laughs> like everybody <laughs> would come in. And it, was, <laughs> and it was like I was trying I mean, everything. Was calling everybody. I was trying to make my connections. Some nights with me, Some nights with were disastrous. Right. Um, and, yeah. and, and I just remember seeing like, like the steady flow like like yeah. that you had. Uh, um, was there, was there was a time where it came for you, you where you just kind of knew it was going to take care of itself or were you because you always have that Oh, I abc's mean, no! to make sure that i doing this <laughs> right sure that you're on top of
1: <laughs> ABC's, right? Always be closing. You got to Oh, that 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 does not that never stops. Every person who comes in, uh, you got to make sure. And some nights I was tired, and I you know like I said, I had a day job. I two kids at home, and I, I was tired, <laughs> but yeah. But you've got to go there with bells on and and make every person feel special, and then they'll come back.
0: I remember as uh, you asked me to just run, just run a for a little while because you were going to be a bit like, mm-hmm. those were those the most... most. <laughs> <And to be laughs> Mm-hmm. you had, like people, people understood understand that you were in charge, people, people understood that it was your time, yeah, people, yeah, were, people still were still able to enjoy themselves to themselves the maximum potential, potential of enjoying yourselves in, in a small space, space like that, like that. Um, um, so you so did you mention, you know, kind of telling people when to come in, in when to come, now, in, when now, to come you out, you know, this is your time, this is that person's
2: time, but did you, did you that come
0: from the gauge of, like, understanding what
1: yeah, exactly. Like, the, and and kind of understanding the flow of, of the night. Like, if if you've got some jazz players up there, um, you probably want to keep a jazz flow going for a little while. If you get a singer songwriter, and and also knowing the the balance, and and that's a lot of. Um, Uh, that's a lot of trial and error like I've been doing this a long time (laughs) and so I you know I'd be lying if I said every night was went exactly the way I wanted it to most a lot of times it didn't and I thought ah I really shouldn't have had that person go up after that person you know you get a you get a big strong uh, uh, you know uh, musician getting getting up there followed by someone who's not so strong. And you go, ah, oh, and then half of the rest, <laughs> half of the customers <laughs> walk out the door. You go, ah, oh, all right. So I didn't play that card right. Um, and then yeah, and figuring out when do I got to be up there to, because some, some musicians are more willing to be supportive right. than others. Uh, and so if I feel like there's someone going up, that's going to need a little support. I'll go up, like I'll be the I'll be the pillow, right? (laughs) And and some other guys who just want to go up, do their own thing. I I guess it's understanding the personalities. I you know, well, I I guess I can say my day job for 28 years was I was a school teacher, and and you deal with a lot of different personalities at once. And I think that running the jam was sort of similar to that. You know, there's the kid who wants to is talking, you know, for eight (laughs) hours a day, and there's the kid who doesn't say two words. And you've got to somehow um, figure out how each kid uh, can shine. And by the same token, that's sort of the way I I treated the jam. Everyone who comes up, you got to walk out of here feeling uh, good and feeling like I want to come back.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, So
0: so just to deviate away Mm -hmm. for a small second might want to put you on the spot yeah. and ask, what is your guitar sound? Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it like a secret <laughs> No, it's not a
1: secret. Um, I use... Uh, I The guitars that, uh, that I play most often are... Uh, I have an Epiphone Joe Pass, um, and I have an Ibanez uh, Hollow Body and De Angelicos. But um, the other part of the sound that I think is important is I use flat-wound strings. Um, mm. And the third part is the the amplifier i usually use small amplifiers um the reason being because they there's there's a warmth to the to them that uh that you know you don't get anywhere else now you're a horn player so it's a little bit different from you but i know a lot of guys a lot of guitar players though they won't practice with their amp (laughs) they will just practice uh you know with their guitar And then when they go to play with their amp, they're tweaking it constantly, like trying to find the right spot. (laughs) I'm sure you've played with those guys constantly walking over and tweaking it. Um, uh, I practice with my amp always because then when I go to perform, I know exactly what this is all gonna sound like right and I know I'm a bit of a nerd for this kind of stuff but I and I and I drive my musicians crazy but like when we're gonna do a gig I like to know what songs are we gonna do mm-hmm. um, because I will practice those songs now I know exactly okay for this song I need to turn up a little bit for this song I need to turn right. it down a little bit I, I the, the setup I have at home is exactly the same as the setup I'm gonna use you know for our gig that way I know exactly what to expect. Yeah, I
0: um, I remember like, well, going through phases of my saxophone mm-hmm. playing career. There was a time where I just loved playing like a really dark rich sound, mm-hmm. like Dexter Gordon. Yeah. Um, some early Sunny Rollins. Like I really just wanted to get into like low end. I rarely played even like the upper register of my horn. I like, right. Kind of tried to avoid that area. I was just so drawn to like that dark low sound of saxophones. Mm-hmm. And I was always playing with guitar players who just sounded like tinny, like they were just like it was like a cat screeching, and I was like, I am not right gelling with you. Um, And then you have, and I think the one thing that I always remember is you you mentioned like the strings, yeah, the flat wound Um, strings. I guess those are like I guess are they they harder to kind of like get control. Um,
1: well, they're they're when they say flat wound, it means there's there's no rough edges. So as my hand slides across the string you don't hear any squeaking okay okay. they're also a lot thicker than those tinny sounding strings that you're talking about they're they are a little bit harder to play like by the time Mm. i'm done you know you you've you've put in a shift exactly (laughs) um and then but also i'm also going to say that again knowing that i got a gig with you this coming week then i will practice um kind of playing a a style that i know will suit your playing right so next week when i'm playing with somebody else i'm i might play a little differently Mm. i you know you got to be a bit of a chameleon and again it goes back to the same thing we were talking about before i want you to enjoy the gig just Mm. as much as i do because then when I call you for the next one, I want you to say yes.
0: I don't want right. you to say,
1: uh, I didn't really dig that last gig we did together.
0: Mm-hmm. So, And I remember uh, from our discussion uh, over the weekend that really got me into really wanting to do this podcast. So I can remember, you know, as much detail as possible. Um I think you you told me about a time where I think somebody else might have told you you know you're thinking about the next gig mm-hmm. you're not thinking about this right one. and going back to the jam sessions um, was that something that you kept in mind as well you know like this one is going well what about the next one Who correct prepare for the next one correct
1: um, that is, is I always say that you already have this gig right yeah <laughs> the check is already in the mail so don't worry about this gig you want to get the next one and and that and that goes for when you're hosting a jam yeah tonight it's full but what am i going to do to get all these people to come back what am i going to do to get the horn player to come back to get the because i mean nobody's getting paid for this right right um you could stay at home and watch netflix or or watch the football (laughs) game or whatever and um And, you know, I have to I have to give you something to get you to come back. And that's Mm -hmm. and and even the customers, I mean, you probably notice sometimes uh, as the customers are leaving, you know, hey, good night. See you again. We're here every Thursday. Yeah, Uh, you're a salesman. I mean, everybody's a sales. Everybody's a salesman. It's just (laughs) depends on what you're selling, thinking,
0: uh, (laughs) thinking in my head now when. There would be some moments where I can clearly tell. Some characters passed through the soldiers mm-hmm. as well. I mean, it wasn't all just. No, you know, it
1: wasn't all great. No, no, no. I, we, had, we had moments. We had moments. Again, so I'll never forget
0: <laughs> this one I think time. I know where you're going. This was um, this was a time where, you know, I had gone past my ego trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like. It took me a long time to get. I, I still have it from time to time. Just the little side. All musicians there, but, uh, do. i just that's say true. all musicians do. I was. This might have been like three or four years into the DeSoto's around. Everything's going great. And this saxophonist walked in. I don't even, I can't even remember the guy's name. He was an alto player. And um, he went around and he said, Hey, do you guys want to play uh, blues? And I, they're like, Yeah, sure. We can play sure. blues. So, like, I took like two courses. You know, when you're at a jam session, usually that is some people's time to just let loose. And I can recall this guy played like, I lost count after, like, ten (laughs) choruses of the blues just letting letting everything (laughs) hang out. And I can remember, even the audience, like, there was such a nervous energy around what he was doing that everybody just, like, Mm -hmm. kind of looked over and they were, you know, it kind of felt like like a a, a jazz jazz jam from hell. Right. And uh, I remember you had to, you know, start playing. Yeah. And and
1: sometimes I, I think I, if I, this is the same night I'm thinking of, I actually tapped the guy on the shoulder. Like, like your time is up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's a blues. Like we're done. (laughs) (laughs) We're done. That was
2: intense. Yeah.
1: Um, And then I did, I do sometimes have to step in and say, right this is a restaurant like this is and i will even mention you know there's such and such a place that has jams on this night such and such a place i uh, another thing that w- hasn't come up yet but i do i'm involved in a couple of networks like you know on facebook and uh and and other places that um of of jam hosts and right, right. so sometimes there are forums and things like that and people will post things like um, um, and it's okay to know where the other jams are in fact it's yeah. a good idea to say hey you know what um, there's a jazz jam that you might be interested in it's on Monday nights at this place go 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 there the right. tell, tell <laughs> and, and, you know I I don't uh, but I would say go there and I even know sometimes I will know the host's name right, right. say that Anthony from DeSoto's <laughs> sending you know said, you know
0: sometimes you, you got to send them some grenades
1: you do and um and not only uh, you know sometimes that happens or or some uh, a country uh, artist would come up and, and there it's great but it maybe that night is not the place maybe that night the vibe is just not working for them so i'll have to say you know there's a country jam at such right. and such a place on this night like you do have to be again, that goes back to the homework. You do have to be a little bit aware of where all the other things are happening. Definitely. You know, we've had comedians come up and I give them <laughs> I give them their few minutes on the mic, but yeah. then I'll say, You know where they do a comedy open mic, is that such and such a place and you know, that
0: happens. <laughs> do you have any other moments that just stand out to you? Oh gosh.
1: Place? Yeah, some some people who said, oh, yes, I'm a singer, I, you know, I'm a singer, and then, and you get them up, and it's, and they're clearly not a singer, <laughs> and so, you know, and that's where you have to, uh, yeah, start playing the melody, and help them get off, and at least walk away feeling like oh well i shouldn't maybe i shouldn't have said i was a singer (laughs) maybe i shouldn't have said that i'm actually more more of a guitar player (laughs) if anything crazy (laughs) things happen yeah and um i mean there was a time when we had the drums (laughs) right and and a lot of people will say i i can play the drums and then they get they get behind the drums (laughs) and they're clearly can't play the drums uh that's that was that was i think one of the hardest ones because
0: i can recall um another time where i think i might have called like uh like just the two of us or something Mm -hmm. and um one guy said yeah but can we play it in five and i was like uh no not like i i can't Mm -hmm. i mean I, I, I just, just not not possible. And he gets on, he the, gets drums, on the drums and he just start starts smacking the drums. the drums. And right away you were like, I don't think we're gonna have drums tonight. And you pack the <laughs> drums <up laughs> and put them <laughs> way in the back <laughs> for that one. <laughs> and you know what? Honestly, like it's tough, it's tough to make, to make game those game time, time decisions. I don't, I don't think. think I don't think anybody, don't think anybody thinks, about thinks about that at that moment. They probably would just think just to not to have that guy there, but you went the extra mile. And, and again, that is kind of like That's the teacher you know, that's the management. teacher in me,
1: right? Saying, Oh, you're getting a detention, young man
0: uh, <laughs> We don't play in five here. The, the, unless, it's <laughs> unless it's take five, five, but other than that <laughs> um, but there are some great people that I met over the years. Uh, Bird, who's got like that amazing soprano mm-hmm. saxophone, um, just such a cool player. Like it's just so it's it's a lot of fun for me to watch him play. I think it's it's wonderful to see that like he doesn't have to. Do- be anything be else, else other than what he is yeah, and he's got the vibrato, vibrato with, with the soprano and he himself. plays like he could play he can any ballad just, amazing. just like amazing. amazingly and it's funny, and it's funny because when i tell because him that him. he almost like, it's like he almost it's like he doesn't, doesn't believe, believe that mean. i'm being <laughs> <sincere>. <laughs> I remember one time, like i'm really sincere, like i really do enjoy listening, listening, listening to that well,
1: and think of the span uh the age just the age range of the people mm-hmm. that can, like when i think about it Uh, you know know, there were people teenagers um, who are you know trying to find their way and there were there's uh, people who have been doing it for so many years and everything in between and there's um, and again you need to make everybody feel comfortable everybody feel successful and everybody feel like they should come back another time and bring their Mm -hmm. friends Um, and that's I think that's I think that's the success of it all. Like you can't paint yourself into a corner and then wonder why nobody's coming out to your gigs. Like nobody's coming to your gigs because you're not you're not reaching out to them. You're you've decided that you're going to be you and your buddies are going to have this cool club and uh, and no one else is allowed in. Well, then no one else is coming in.
0: Right. right. That is definitely definitely the truth. And it's it's funny because because now when I think think about it, it, like at the, you know, along along Sinclair, Sinclair, there there were so many spots. There was Ellington's, there was La Creole, Mm -hmm. there was Tantra Lounge that I had tried to do my my thing at. All of them them have come and gone. They're all no longer there. And it's funny because it almost feels like the musicians kind of leave when those places leave.
1: Right. Um, and they do want to be, you do want to be kind of close. You want to feel like, you know, when you're walking down the street, you're going to run into one of your buddies. Yeah. You do, it's, it can't be so, I think that's that's one of the problems that a lot of times the suburban places have trouble with, right? Is because they're, it, you've got to drive to that location. And then that's that sometimes becomes an issue. Because at the end of the gig, everybody drives back home.
0: Yeah some, yeah, some people used, people to, used to come up from, from like Whippy, Frampton. Oh, all over. They made like two-hour commutes Mutes to come. That's like, and that's, like, and that's, that's just, just to get there. Mm-hmm. That's Another two hours to get to home, home. Yeah. And um, and, um there's some there's some gearheads gear used to come by, by and no they would like place. have to set up, set up no, early. Oh my I remember gosh. There was one guy. <laughs> no no names. No names. Nobody's gonna get outed. But I can recall like usually start around seven. He'd be there at five and he would have the most elaborate, he'd have two amps, he'd have speakers, he'd have everything running through, top and bottom. It was like a crazy science experiment. That was one of the funniest things that I think I've seen at any jam session. But, you know, it goes back to you creating that space where I think... That person, that person know, would know. I couldn't do, I couldn't that. do that at the Rex. Couldn't I couldn't do that, that, anywhere, that anywhere else. <laughs> but like the, the, the <laughs> safety of saying, but, you know what? I'm trying something out, and at least, at least I have the floor, floor to, try to try it here. It. It's, it's a, a it's a crazy, it's a crazy safety net that you had created, created at that space, at that space where, where there was a connection, connection between, between the musicians and, musicians and the and people themselves. Because, because I think even the people themselves were like, "What the hell am I getting? I came here for I came here for a pizza and a beer. And what's going on?
1: Yeah. Uh, and yeah. And again, you you know, this person took the time to pack up all this gear and put it in their car and drive it down there and set it all up. What am I supposed to say? You no. You know, I mean, it, OK, go ahead. Do your thing. And then that's the kind of thing where you got to pull them aside and say, you know, you're a great player. You could probably do with less stuff, like right, you right. know, and you got to really consider your space when, you know. I you got to somehow feel find a a, a gentle way mm. to <laughs> to yeah, have them the tone oh place. boy oh and drummers like drummers oh I yeah. need to bring my
0: my floor tom or my right, what, right. My they always want to bring and snare, and snare heads they, that's the one thing where I learned yeah. from the Soto's uh, when drummers, drummers had a specific snare, snare head, head right. or a specific cymbal or, or they'd or want or like to like sit there and, sit and, and unscrew it, and the hi-hats uh, put it back in and do their drum rolls
1: and I yeah you do got to find a subtle way of saying yeah it's <laughs> not really necessary like it's not you know people are people are listening but sometimes they're watching the football game at the same time like they're not they can't tell the difference between that symbol and that
0: symbol there is one gentleman who used to make me die of laughter he was an older gentleman who played the drums and would always ask for him um, and I remember, and I remember we would get on, get on and, he, and he would just start counting, start counting right, right away. Right away. We, didn't know <laughs> we didn't know what we were playing. He <laughs> just go, one, two, one, two, three, <laughs> and, one, two, and, you, and, just and start, you just start <laughs> swinging. <And> I thought <laughs> it was <laughs> super <laughs> hip. I <laughs> thought it was funny. And then one and time I time asked, asked him, hey. I said, hey. How, come you, How come you just like, you, just like you can never call, call any yeah. tunes or anything? He's like, I've been, I've been coming here for, here for like, like 16 years. <laughs> he's like, I know what <laughs> tunes we're going to play. <laughs> and, he and he just started playing. counting and <laughs> going right, right into, it. into and it. it. And he was like the, the hippest, hippest guy. It was so fun to watch, watch him play, just play and get mad at people sometimes. He'd play. He'd play somebody would play something. He just yelled, No. No. Yes, I know.
1: I know who you're talking about. Yeah. And again, most of the stuff you're going to play at a restaurant is going to be medium swing or or it's going to be a Latin tune, or, you know, just accept. That's what it's going to be. So you're right. He can start just playing at, you know, whatever, 120 beats per minute. Something's going to fit. Yeah, Something's yeah, exactly. going to fit, right? <laughs> you know, there will never be another you or, or one of those tunes or just friends or one of those uh, songs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we could do it. It was just,
0: it was, just, it was so much, much fun just to like just like see that adaptability, adaptability and see all of those, all things, those everything like everything that was going on. And it's, and it's funny together, because, again, the, the, the distinction, the distinction between like, like the Sunday the brunches, and the, brunches and, and the Thursday night jam mm-hmm. sessions, it felt like the, the felt place was was different. Was different. Even, right. Like, even if you were going, I think one of the things looking back unlike, unlike whole my time whole time of going, to, going to, that place, to that place it did it feel like, like i was going, two going to two separate restaurants, restaurants on those days, on those days. right and like Sun- was- sunday
1: brunch is a is a, obviously a little bit more uh you know reserved i guess it, it'd be me and one other musician and these are the tunes and we go through the tunes and everybody's having their brunch and I mean it's a family restaurant. That's the other thing we got to keep in mind. It's not a bar. It's not a bar, right? It's a family restaurant. And uh and you got to keep that in mind. I mean, I guess on Thursday nights it kind of felt a little bit more like a bar, but it was it's still it is a restaurant and yeah, and yeah, you have to I respect mean and you have to respect too. that right you have to respect that some people mm-hmm. this is their date night you know they don't, <laughs> they don't yeah. really want to hear you know you <laughs> know whatever they, sweet emotions yeah and <laughs> you know
0: it's all kinds of craziness that comes through but yeah yeah so uh, you know it's unfortunate, it's unfortunate that a lot of the the scenes you know you now we get to this point, point because such fond memories of of the jam session um and now we're getting to kind of a place where we're a transition phase where a lot of musicians just want to do things online um they don't really, they don't really want to go out, go out as much anymore as they, anymore as they used to and covid, COVID is partially to blame for that but i feel like there's maybe a bit more involved in that, involved in that. um what do, what do you think was necessary like if you like were to say okay you know what i want to restart Whole a whole group, group or a whole i want to reason re- re- i want to recapture what the soto's had um, I'm, sure um, I'm sure after 14 years, years you kind of just said this is this is, this is getting, getting tiring well uh, um, where would you <coughs> start to revive yeah that, that's, the, that's the session? uh
1: yeah that's a good question i think that there's a lot of things that You're you're right about the technology has gotten us to a point where, yeah, I can I can sit at home and I can play by myself and I can you know whatever use backing tracks or play along with my favorite records or whatever. I I get it, you can do that. But an important part of jazz, and it always has been an important part of jazz, is the is that community is getting together with other musicians, Mm -hmm. Um, and you, you know you learn from each other you inspire each other and if we start losing these jams and you know a lot of the jams you know we'll we'll talk about that too but a lot of the jams are closing and um a lot of i think one of the reasons is because people have lost sight of that people have lost sight of the fact that i can be the welcoming host and and allow you in to my jam and and you can play your tunes but I'm also losing out on that learning experience that I got from you. Mm-hmm. Like I'm losing out too. Right. And that's, that's a big part of it. Um, so I think that, yeah, you know, the internet is, is wonderful and I use it just as much as anybody else does, but you do lose that, that interpersonal uh, part of it. And, and like I said, that's, you know, we never would have left the the big band era if the guys were not getting together in after hours clubs. You know, yeah. playing bebop tunes like that. It never would have evolved, and mm-hmm. and ever since it's always been, you know, the old guys kind of holding down the fort, and then the young guys who come along and. Um, you know, I never want to be one of those old musicians who, who's all back in the old days, you know, I don't want to be one of those guys. I want to be one of those guys that says, you know, the, the younger, younger generation does have something to teach us. Like, how did you get, you know, how did you get to where you are? Like, what are some of the people I should be listening to? And that goes back to the openness of, yeah, I'll learn a rock song. I'll learn a country song. I'll learn whatever I need to learn. Uh, because maybe I will learn something
0: from it maybe it'll change my perspective on on Mm -hmm. something I don't know yeah no i yeah, think, that's, no, I think a that's a great point point. and another, and another thing i think um uh, uh, that we were talking about again, about again is the the, the worth, that worth that musicians want to put on themselves right, right away oh boy I'm not saying <laughs> that you know oh boy you shouldn't <laughs> get paid for what you're doing and stuff but i mean as oh. you you mentioned you know it, it took you three months <laughs> mm-hmm. of, of building hard hard work, hard work and calling people and coming out before you even thought about <laughs> a making
1: a dime and sometimes you have to you know i know musicians Want to believe that they're worth X amount of dollars, and you are. You you know we're all worth we're all worth Mm. a lot, but at that moment in time, you do got to be sensitive to what else. um, What can somebody pay you? (laughs) Yeah,
0: and something that stuck with me that you told me on the weekend. I remember remember as we were sitting. Uh, uh, having our together. brunch together you kind of said you know three these three tables are tables that, are tables that they're, that they're out missing out on for potential, potential customers, customers right. for for, for your playing right so how do you so justify and then we like i, like I kind of went through a rough calculation, calculation and i said, and I said one, one person's, person's probably going to spend about 50 to 70, 50 to 70 mm-hmm. bucks mm-hmm. The, person the person across from them is going to spend that much so this is like the three tables could have very well been a 300 500 table right and then you want to come in just right off the bat and demand and demand 500 like i'm
1: already losing 500 dollars worth of table
0: money (laughs) and now i gotta pay you another five hundred dollars you're now and on top of that (laughs) the the servers that i have to pay the cooks that i have to pay uh you know i honestly was not one person who kind of thought about that as a saxophonist i'm often either the the lead person i get hired as a side person i wouldn't say quite often but i would say more times more times than expected Mm -hmm. Um, but, I'm but I'm always like, you know, like, what? You know what? I you what, I want this much mm-hmm. right away because I'm a side guy and musician. I'm the musician mm-hmm. and I practice everything. and everything. And I think, and I think kind, the, kind of I even get, get, lost, get lost of the point, the point that, that hey, wait OK, wait a minute. The person, the is, person hiring is hiring me wants play, to play, but also I have, also I have to understand, understand that the, the restaurant that they're at. That they're at. Are they making that much, that much to, start to, start to start with? Right. What is the, what is the situation, situation that I'm getting myself into? Um, um, so that that's one thing that you've always well done. done. You've always been upfront about the situation, very uh, clear about mm-hmm. what's happening. The expectation there's there's no, there's no expectation because it's, because it's all right there, there in front of you. No there's guesswork. no guesswork. Right. Um, so what so when, what, we when we you were building, building your uh, uh open mic, mic nights and with the, with the people and everything what was, what was kind of your motivation, motivation for it was it solely just the the communal aspect or you knew what it was was I, it kind of building your repertoire i
1: uh i think because essentially all, you're
0: playing for free you know yeah. this is like a, a, a almost like a passion of hobby at this, at this point before you're even making it a business right
1: but um i met you there and you mm-hmm. and i have done many corporate gigs together and we've made a lot of money at those weddings and corporate gigs yeah. Yeah. and that wouldn't have happened if true, you true. didn't stick your neck out and say i'll go there and i'm not going to i'm not going to try and pretend that it's always been smooth um because DeSoto's is paying me or was paying me to to be the host and to run it and to (laughs) keep the musicians out of my hair as as Tony would say uh you know but it's more yeah and so I'm getting paid but I mean getting paid uh, I'm not going to get into all of that but uh, for the amount of hours that I put in (laughs) almost not getting paid but the the uh the thing you have to remember is okay well what about the musicians i'm gonna meet what about the possible uh weddings and backyard parties that uh, i'm gonna get hired for like you know what about i don't know i don't know who's coming in the door it could be it could be an absolute jerk or it could be my next best side man how do i know so you got to keep that door open and when you talk about you know, corporate functions—that's that's a totally different ball game because uh, you know that these big corporations are spending a lot of money for their year-end party, and so you know I have my corporate rates that I charge, um, and weddings are, are another sort of thing. A restaurant is a different is a different cat altogether because a restaurant makes its money from food
2: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. not
1: from musicians right you're just you're adding, adding mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. ambience so to come in and demand that you make you know corporate
0: dollars at a
1: restaurant i think i think that's a little unrealistic
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's funny and it's because, funny because remember i remember uh, something else that you mentioned to me that really stuck with me um well, was, you know, was you know the musician's worth isn't the fact the that fact you're you're playing you're there playing it's the fact that, that you're adding the experience but also that people will stay, will stay. that's that's the, the big thing you know you want, want people to stay for an extra drink <clears throat> or stay to the, have another cocktail or whatever it is that's where the yeah
1: i'm glad you brought this up cuz i just had this conversation with a restaurant owner yesterday who said you know i looked on your i looked you up and you've been playing for a long time and and uh i think that you know i'd like you to play at my restaurant how many people can you bring in
2: mm-hmm. and
1: i said well how many people can i bring in like that's a that's a silly question i you just said i've been playing for a long time like nobody's going to come in i'm not going to get the same 40 people coming to hear me three times a week like that's you know the in fact the ironic thing is the longer you play the less people will come out, and the less of your friends and family are going to come out. You know, when you're 18, and you're just yeah, you just graduate, and and, and we've seen this happen, right? Uh, someone <laughs> uh, coming out of Humber College, and Dad throws a big party a Thursday night at the Sotos, and the kid is going to get up and play five or six songs, and. And half of the restaurant are, are his aunts and uncles, right? <laughs> Th- those aunts and uncles are not going to come out again and again and again and again for the next 40 years. <laughs> Trust true, me, yeah. they're not. They're not. And and so what I always say to tours is, look, if you've got people here, I can make them stay longer, right? I can make them have a great experience and make them want to come back. But if you think you're going to hire me and there's going to be a lineup or, you know, around the block, like that's not going to happen. Right. Right. I'm not Taylor. I'm not Taylor Swift. (laughs) Like it's not this is not what restaurant music is about. Restaurant music is about creating an ambience, uh, you know, and talking to the audience. We've talked about this. Yeah. You know, don't just sit there and play your tunes and and. The musicians talk talk amongst themselves and say, well, I don't know about the chord in the seventh bar there. Like, <laughs> you know, nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody yeah. cares. Take that moment and talk to the audience and say, this is Fly Me to the Moon, written by Bart Howard in 1959. La, 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 la. And yeah. say yeah. something interesting and play the tune. And now
0: here's and another here's question, question that, that I have for you. So, you know, places like the, like the Rex and... The Rex and um, mm-hmm. jazz room, right, room and right. all those other places um, um, I, think I think that there, there maybe there was there was a time, time where people wanted like audience, like audience members wanted to experiment with like having, having I guess I want to call it, call call it transcendental, transcendental right, experiences right. so they kind of went, went there I don't really think, they, think ordered they ordered much food they, they didn't really mean, they, they, they mainly drank. drank they drank and they wanted to be put in that you know euphoric state. so they did have the musicians at one point who were able to wank more right just get on there and play their hearts out Uh, um and it's funny because because, you know know, i feel like there's a weird distinction that restaurant owners make where they they almost want that experience when they ask ask how many people can you bring bring, Mm -hmm. how many because if you're talking about about bringing people that's that's almost like you're a nightclub at that point you know know, nightclubs are the ones ones that, that do the promoting and bring and people, and bring people here, here, and do this and, this and that. that. Right. Uh, With the difference of, you know, what you just mentioned, you just right. mentioned right. of you're there you're to provide, provide customer satisfaction, satisfaction right. and a customer experience. Right. Um, where, do where do you fall, fall between in between that? that you know, you if somebody, know, if does, somebody say does say, how, do how many people you can you bring, would you, would then, you then say, okay, well, or, uh, my, you're going to tailor your business, business differently you where you might, like, ask for more ask money for more in that case? case or, or how do you, uh, how do you feel? Should, it, should okay. that even be a discussion? Okay, that,
1: that's uh, – I think – the I, I always say, look, I take care of all my advertising. You know, I will – I have, you know, thousands of friends here and there, and I can – I will do is the best advertising I can because I don't want to play to an empty room and you don't right. want me to play to an empty room, so I'll do my best, but do not think, like, do, do not create an expectation that is unrealistic. Like, if you say, you know...
0: I think that goes for both musicians and restaurants. Restaurant. Right. I think musicians always, to get the gig, mm-hmm. I think they always... Oh, yeah, I can fill over, the place. I can, oh, yeah, I can fill
1: the place. No, you, you know what? Maybe you can't. Like, I'm going to... But I... And... I always I, I have used this tactic. I guess I'm gonna just give out all my secrets, but that's okay. But one that's of, what we're here for. <laughs> one of the one of the things that I'll say is, hey, what if we do this? Uh, we'll do one gig, no charge, and you tell, and, and then we'll decide. Then we'll then we'll talk about it. Sort of the same approach I had with uh, with Tony with Sunday brunch. Um, but yeah, don't pay me. Just have me here, uh, and I'll bring out one of my best side guys, like Joel, and say, "Hey, yeah, here we go. Always for hire. Like you know, and I'll pay you. Like I'll take some money out of my pocket. But what are my choices? To spend, you know, a couple hundred dollars on advertising, or just give the money to you and let's go. Th- let's right. go there and do a bang-up job, and then you know, hopefully we'll get hired for, uh, you know, more sessions or whatever. Mm-hmm. You have to either you're going to spend money on advertising or you're going to spend time on advertising. So think about that and say, all right, I'm going to devote a Wednesday night. Me and Joel will go down there. I'll pay him, uh, you know, for his time. And but then it's my gig. (laughs) Right. Right? It's my gig. And I will take it from there. Mm -hmm. But you do need to create an atmosphere. Like I said, I think that's important. And I mean, you've seen me. Uh, work the room, right? When we take a break... Take a break. Do not, (laughs) do not. I always say, do not go into your. And I have a bad habit of doing this. Just as bad, I'm just as bad as everyone else. So they go into their pocket, they pull out their phone, and they scroll through something mindlessly. Yeah. Yeah. Stop it. You've got.
0: And I think that's a defense defense mechanism. mechanism. I think people almost do that because they want to be vindicated by people to come to them and say, "What a great job they did," (laughs) so they can look kind (laughs) of hip (laughs) and cool. And oh, thanks. Oh Oh, oh, yeah.
1: You're you're hitting on all my all my spots, (laughs) right? (laughs) Because you get up and you go you walk around to the tables hey how you doing like so good and you know i see a a a, a little girl there and i'll say oh you are you how old are you are you seven are you six you know and blah 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 that something like that Mm -hmm. whatever or what are you having what are you having for brunch oh that's my favorite how many times if i if i had a nickel every time i said that, right (laughs) what are you having oh that looks great and you know Whatever. So a kid is wearing a Toronto Maple Leaf shirt. Oh, did you see the Leaf game last night? Right. Whatever. You're making a connection. Now they feel like they know a guy. They know mm-hmm. a guy. They know the guy at DeSoto's who plays brunch. Yeah. Yeah. And the next time you come in,
0: I go, hey, how you doing? You've heard me. I mean, you've seen me do this. Well, it's funny. <laughs> on, on Sunday i i remember i used to ask you because I, I didn't you know like years later, years later i found out it was part of your yeah your, your shtick bit. but i remember i used to ask you all the time like you know everybody on sinclair like how do you know that guy this? Yeah. and there was, uh, there was a there's a gentleman who walked in uh older gentleman i think he came in with his family might have been like i don't want to misquote but he could have been the grandfather, been the grandfather. Mm-hmm. i might i could be talking mm-hmm. out of turn if i am i'm sorry Um, but he came came in and, and, you know, know, he was kind of like, like just taking control control of of of, of the family paid Paid for for, the bill and everything. And, you know, everybody everybody was there and and they were kind of looking up to him and he walked in. And I remember, and I, remember he, I don't know if you knew him or not, I shook, I shook your hand, 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 and you guys were just talking like you were old pals. And, and you mentioned, you know, that's a fly-looking fly jacket that, that you're yes, wearing. And he yes. just went on and on about this jacket. Right, right. I know. But then he takes <laughs> out <laughs> a tip. <laughs> 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 everybody on that table definitely, definitely like, I, I, I can't, I can't I remember the last remember. time we've made. I usually I make a, really, a, good, a really good tips when I'm playing with you. But it's only there. And I'm the side guy. I just sit and I observe people just throwing money into this thing. Thing. And I'm sure a sure part that of that is, that is definitely the, the feeling of, I know, I know that guy. Oh, yeah, I know that guy who's playing there. I have to just, like, leave him something because he job. did a great job. It and right. it's, it's almost like almost subconscious, subconscious at that point that, just that they're just this filling this money. thing with money. It is, it is crazy, crazy to see on Sunday a Sunday brunch. brunch anywhere basically <laughs> to see that happen <laughs> and it's funny because again going, again, going back, going back going to your to point of just making people feel like you're providing that experience that, that they're they're heard they're right. welcomed um and that they're and important right. too. And you know without them as you mentioned not, like we're not we're playing no you, you don't, don't want, want, to want to play for a room, room full of nobody right. and get a paycheck think that's that would feel terrible it's even like in the workplace where you know i don't want to i don't want to be overworked but you definitely don't also want to be under appreciated undervalued um, and so and I th- try
1: to not undervalue my musicians and I try not to undervalue the audience, right? And mm. make everybody feel, everybody go home feeling happy. And if Canada Revenue is listening, we don't really take tips. So, and then, uh, <laughs> so.
0: Well, they give us these little buns that we have at the beer thing. That's, 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 that's I'm all. kidding, I'm kidding.
1: But you're right because now, I mean, there's grandpa, there's grandpa. He's got four, four, I know the who you're talking about. And, you know, four grandkids are there and he gave each one of them a 5 dollars bill to put into the to put into the tip jar right and of course i'm not going to give it just to one of my grandkids and yeah, the yeah. other <laughs> three are going to uh, we just
0: I, was, and all i said so was n- all i experience. said was nice jacket <laughs> like how hard is that but it goes, but it goes a, a long way like even i mean, I mean I always think of the parallels now that, that I've started, started to work with, with like, a like, tech company stuff. stuff. The, the parallels the between the critical use of customer, customer service, because really, because really like, what, like, the thing of the thing that kind of, kind of frustrates me about, me musicians. about musicians, and, you, and, you, you know, you've, you've know, been the you've guy been who, the who I always heard talk heard about my, my frustrations and realizations about music with for as long as I can remember. And that's also why I kind of had this, like, this thing of, like, you being, like, my mentor role in how this goes. But I've always get frustrated when musicians won't do certain things like when they won't acknowledge a crowd or or when they won't acknowledge the importance of being on time or or when they won't acknowledge certain things that every typical typical job has because whether you you like it or not it's a job you are it's a job you know you you want want to call it a passion or you want to call it your your place to do your art and stuff but people will never conform to you you have to be willing to reach out to them you have to be willing to make those connections and and you know, to a you certain, know, to a certain extent, extent, you have to be willing to, be willing also, to also accept when some people, some people just say, shut the fuck up. up. <laughs> like, I remember we were at that gig on Sunday. Um, <laughs> you know, some, yes. someone was, Oh, uh, you know, can, can you turn it down? Can you turn it down? You know, we and you handled, and you handled it perfectly. perfectly. You just said, yeah, sure. sure. And we turned, and we yeah. turned down and we played the right, the right, you know, the right way. Uh, didn't ruffle anyone's feathers you didn't have to you know we're we're not trying to prove anything to anybody Uh, Um, but again again, it's all all about you know music music is a service and And what what more critical way are you going to show that you can do your job well than servicing the people listening listening to you yeah
1: my dad used to say everybody sells something (laughs) 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 and we and we do right we're selling we're selling music We're selling the restaurant, we're selling the whole experience, so sell it. So sell it. I mean, you you are a salesman. If you're going to just stand up there and, you know, like you said, wank, just wank away and, you know, just talk to the other musicians and not acknowledge the crowd you're you're painting yourself into a corner you really are and and like i said what does it really take for me to instead of you know scrolling through my phone and see if i get any likes from my last post just get up walk around make eye contact say hello to people and then when they come back like i said they, they'll they feel like they know the guy
0: exactly and they say
1: hey how you doing hey i remember you from last time mm-hmm. and,
0: this is and this is where like, where, like I found I, found, I kind of rekindled My passion, my passion music for music there Because there was A little bit, bit of time Where you know I put my instrument Down for a while I remember uh, that Yeah Got a little bit you know, <coughs> you know I was just all over the place mm-hmm. And did some traveling and then, I and then I remembered Like Somebody had asked me Like what I wanted to do Like just right now If I could do anything right. And I said I would open a cigar shop And a jewelry shop mm-hmm and i would, I would like the music, the music part came to me, came afterwards, to me afterwards. afterwards i just said so, oh i'd, I'd play, play at my own shop, shop. Right. it wasn't like to make money i just do it, I it because i liked i enjoyed playing, playing. Right. i enjoyed you know you making people happy and giving them, and giving them, them a grand experience unlike anything getting, that they can you know have yours, whether it's buying, buying a cigar whether it's giving showing them jewelry so music just fell you know once i remembered that i enjoyed that feeling of making someone else feel heard wanted and desired that passion came back to me to practice and then it's like okay well who, okay, well, who, who do, I, do I want to do this with Anthony well anthony's one of mm-hmm. those guys um yeah, so you know there's many so many other people like, i can think of uh who i playing love playing with, right. and it's and like it's that's like, what that's got, got me going, me going again. again and so, and so for for you, like for you like what what's kind of what's your keeps you what keeps you going, going for for the desire to give such a great level of service for sunday brunches or for open mic sessions?
1: that's a good question i think that you know i think first of all, I think that, you know, your happiness is always, um, based on your expectations. Like if you go into playing jazz, jazz is a niche to begin with. (laughs) Jazz music is a niche to begin with. So if you go into it thinking that, you know, you're going to work, you know, two days a week and and make six figures, like you're, you're not like be realistic. And first of all, so once your uh, expectations are realistic, And then you can say, okay, how is this going to work out? Like, am I really going to be able to uh, play what I want to play and ignore what everybody else wants Hmm. and still get them to pay me? Like, that's just an unrealistic (laughs) expectation. The expectation, if you want to play music uh, and if you want to play jazz in particular you're going to have to meet the audience halfway because mm. the audience yes. is is, is going to pay you and the audience is going to walk out of the restaurant saying, hey, that was a great night. We'll, we're going to be back next Sunday uh, or whatever. You know, or even like you said, with the jam nights, like let everybody walk out of here feeling like that was great. And if they do, they'll be back. And if they come back, the restaurant keeps you employed like yeah. that's the whole everything feeds itself
2: mm-hmm.
1: or you can go down, you know, a rabbit hole by yourself. And and like I said, I you know, you mentioned the racks and, and some other places there. There's room for that. Right. but But you got to decide like is that my room is that the space i'm going to occupy i can never be one of those guys like i'm never you know i always had a day job and like i said i got i've got a family that, that uh takes up a lot of my attention and i want i want that part of my life too. I don't want to be mm-hmm. practicing for eight hours a day, you know, for a two hour gig on Friday right, night. Right. Like I, that's just not <laughs> what I'm interested in. What I do want to do is have that gig uh, at the end of the week and, and do a good job. So I knew, mm-hmm. I, I think I always knew I was never going to be one of those, the, the top jazz guitar players in, in the city, but I, but I knew there was a spot for me. Mm-hmm. And so you got to find that spot right and and you find that spot maybe i don't have the uh the chops that some other players do but maybe i'm gonna have to have the um the sort of the social skills or the or the customer service
0: skills Mm. that the other people don't have like uh, but i think even that puts you in in a spot as one of the top guitar players because i think i mean i mean even like back back, you you know like I, like I guess if you want to talk like about, like, about like back in the day, in the or, day or whatever like Sonny Rollins, Sonny Rollins and those guys they when they had like the village vanguard spots that's how you that's how yourself put yourself on the, on the map it's like oh yeah, oh, yeah. And you're like this guy this runs this stuff and you know he's pretty good I think, I think that to that extent to, so that's why, that's why I think it's such like a I'm like an amazement of so long of running a jam session that way because you do have to be a top player to do that I think if you're not a top player people don't want to come back people don't want to have that experience anymore because they're like you know ah this guy runs it it's not going to be yeah you know i have the professionalism to to carry that on i think it's it's quite frankly it does put you it is
1: it is professional you got to treat yourself like a professional right and and we talked about this the other day if if you want to be paid like a lawyer like a doctor like a like a teacher or whatever any any sort of professional well then you got to act like one like you know when i when you walk into a lawyer's office you expect him to be dressed properly. You expect, be you expect him to be prepared. You expect him to be on time. And same goes for a doctor. Uh, same goes for any any other profession. But yet, as musicians, we kind of feel like, well, it's okay if I just wear my, you know, my shorts and shorts and flip flops. And then, you know, no, it's not. it's not. It's not. It's not okay. Like it's, you know, you got to dress. You got to prepare. You've got to. You've got to show that. You, yeah, this is, this is the highlight of my week. I've been waiting for right, this right. all week all long. Because when, when you don't follow all of those all steps, steps, that looks like you don't care. Exactly. And, if, and exactly. if you don't care, why should I care? Right.
2: <laughs> this is right. your gig. Right.
1: <laughs> and you don't care about it? I don't care about it. Less than you. <laughs> <laughs> this
0: is this honestly has honestly been one of, been one of my, favorite my favorite podcast sessions. Oh, this is a blast! Uh, I've been. I wish we can. Well, we definitely will do more of these because we have a lot oh, of topics I got so that we've many discovered. <laughs> So at the Rum Shop, we have two things that we like to ask. One is what would be in the jukebox? Mm. Um, if you had to put five tunes to add to the Rum Shop's jukebox selection, what would your five tunes be? Oh, five right at this tunes. All to put you right on the hot
1: right. I love it because I was just playing uh, Impressions by uh, Wes Montgomery, oh, the, the, the Wes Montgomery one that he did with the Winton uh, Kelly trio. Uh, I am going to say there has to be something from miles. And so I, I will say if I were a bell, uh, the, again, I'm just going through what I was listening to on my way here. Um, and then let's put, uh, let's put Chitlin's con from, uh, Kenny Varell. That's, Kenny Burrell. you know, that's, that's one that I often call. Um, um oh man that's what am i at three all right let's do let's do um something from the jim hall uh bill evans records maybe uh Mm. maybe my funny valentine uh from one of those records and then maybe the bill evans um if i should lose you how's that
2: nice.
0: there we go that's a, that's a solid, solid, that's a solid
1: pick. pick isn't it yeah, yeah.
0: spend some time with those ones tonight actually Man. that's a great and pick the and, pick. The, and second the second part is we, is we often have a drink special, special. no um i don't think, I don't think i've think ever seen you take, take a drink and then yeah. water <laughs> so you can also well, have water for everybody. okay so let's go up.
1: let's go back to the uh let's go back to um what we were saying you're a professional right and i'm and i'm being paid do i want to walk into the doctor's office and have him show up with a cocktail I do not want that to happen (laughs) (laughs) right and so if if I want to be treated and paid like a professional Mm -hmm. I'm going to act like one I'm not going to be you know half in the I'm not a big drinker to begin with but I'm not going to I'm not going to be on my you know fourth (laughs) you know my fourth cocktail by the time we're playing our second set like that's just ridiculous um so you want to know what my cocktail yeah, of yeah, choice is
0: you putting on, or any drink? Whatever, All right. I do I do, like, I
1: do like I do like Chianti. I I do mm-hmm. like uh, red wine and Chianti in particular is uh, probably one of my favorites. And um, if we had to go cocktails, I do like Southern Comfort and uh, oh, one of the yeah. drinks that I like is uh, is uh, it's called a Sicilian Kiss Southern Comfort and Amaretto. Ooh.
0: Yeah, wow, silly Because I just got into the digestive. Oh, okay. So those are oh, okay. Well, then let oh me. T- so, apérol
1: uh, spritz is yeah. another. Yeah. You know, when I'm out making the barbecue for the kids again, again, I'm at I'm at home with the kids. I'm not. Yeah. uh I'm not at a not at a gig, but I'm making. You're not on song <laughs> number two. <of> except one. <laughs> song number two, and I'm on my fourth drink. But if I'm. Um, Yeah, when I'm out there doing the barbecue or whatever, I'll I'll make an apérol spritz. I do it a little bit different. I do Mm. a shot of apérol, a shot of prosecco, and a shot of ginger ale.
0: I think that's going to be the picture for this podcast (laughs) podcast (laughs) too. I like that. Uh, This Uh, is is Joel (laughs) Harbin's Joey Reed signing out from the Rum Shop. Thank you. you, Oh, this was a pleasure. I can't thank you enough, know, no, but this is, so this is definitely really going to be kept in archive for a very long time. Under one of my favorites, um, we're, um, we're signing off. I you know. hope you guys have a great day out there. Um, if you're listening so to some jazz, jazz music, I hope it's so something that you enjoy and, enjoy and a a not something that your friend kind of pushed you into listening to. Signing out once again. Have fun, everybody. Do what you love every day.
1: That's my motto. Do what you love every day.
0: Take care. Take care.